Words. Most people speak an average of 16,000 words a day. Words are spoken. Words are written. Words are typed, quoted, copied, pasted, deleted, tweeted, liked, loved, and shared. We are a generation connected by our thumbs. Our voice is loud. Our message has influence. Our words have power. The power to build. And the power to tear down. Words define us, shape our worldview, and can energize or destroy us at the click of a button. So who decides what words are true? What is the standard that's leading our generation? God's word is that standard. Every word of God proves true. His word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Our world promotes words of fear, division, and despair. But what if we can lead our generation differently? Hear the words of the Holy Spirit whispering, you can do more. God has called this unconventional generation to be the change our world so desperately needs. God is calling his next generation of missionaries, pastors, and leaders to generosity, compassion, boldness, and love like never before. And we are just getting started. There's no precedent to an anointing of this capacity. We are the ones who will make the difference. We are the ones who will change the world. We are the ones who will bring light to dark places. Unconventional generation, speak up and speak loud. Let's talk about it and then let's act on it. Because it's the action that makes the difference. Praise the Lord. Give a hand clap for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We are looking for an unconventional generation. Amen. We want to have a generation that's not afraid to talk about the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Words that tear down. Words that are division. That's what our world is full of. But we want a, a group of generational people who are going to lift up people, encourage people, strengthen people. But not only that, our actions speak louder than words. Amen. We want a generation that does more than just talking. We do what we got to do for the kingdom of God. Amen. And there's a couple of people I'm going to recognize tonight. I didn't even tell them beforehand. I'm gonna, I, might, I might embarrass them. But I want to recognize one gentleman right here, Seth Chris. Stand up. Give a hand clap to Seth Chris. He is an amazing youth that does a lot for the kingdom. The reason why I'm speaking about Seth, because he helps on Sunday mornings with the children's ministry. He has a heart for children. He's a young man. He's a youth. He's being unconventional in his speech. He's being unconventional in his service. A lot of people do a lot of talking, but not, not enough people do a lot of action. Amen. I want to speak truth tonight. I might step on some toes, but that's all right. Praise the Lord. I still love you, all right? And so he's out there. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's connecting, engaging with his students. And he came out here, actually helped us recently, to feed 155 staff members at Lake Gibson High School. Him and his mom came and helped us pack those lunch boxes. It was amazing. And God is doing great things. And the door is opening up for us to go to Lake Gibson High School. And God's going to do supernatural things in there. We're believing for that. Amen? Praise the Lord. God is good. We have another young lady here, Lauren Bell. She helps out in nursery all, all the time. Grant Bell. Give a hand clap to these great young people who are doing great things for the kingdom. Amen? How amazing it was to see a bunch of youth out here worshiping. Wow. And I kept on saying, our youth are kind of, they, they're timid. 
They're quiet, they're introverted, but hey, they came alive tonight, right? They were alive tonight, they worshiped, they were excited, they were just preaching, just, uh, um, speaking and, and, and rejoicing. That's what we want to see a whole world full of people enjoying and seeking God's face because you know what? Heaven's going to be loud, and if you're not used to being loud now, get used to it because heaven's going to be loud of us rejoicing. Praise the Lord. I'm excited. And so tonight I'm speaking about unconventional speech. Unconventional speech. I'm excited for what God's going to say tonight. If you don't know me, I'm Pastor Raphael. I'm the student pastor here at New Life Assembly of God. Been here for about nine weeks now, so I'm still fresh, excited. Uh, hopefully three years from now, I'm still fresh and excited, right? Because the Holy Spirit continues to fill us more and more. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit once, it doesn't stop there. It's a constant infilling of the Holy Spirit, and we overflow over and over and over and over. But here's the thing. It's important to be in church. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This is where we get filled with a body of believers because iron sharpens iron. Amen? And so welcome to our Speed the Light service. Man, it's my heart to see an unconventional generation of doers because it's our action that makes the difference. Did you hear what the video said? It's our actions that makes the difference. Wow. We heard it. Actions speak louder than words. We hear that a lot, right? It's true. It's true. It's our actions that speaks the difference, that makes the difference. So after the message, we want you to hang out with us a little bit. Come to the cake auction. We want you to be a part of that. Come to the cake auction. It's in the foyer. Bid yourself a good, good dessert. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Man, this one right here, it smells good. It looks good. Woo, praise God. I, I think my wife put her foot in it. You know what I'm saying? You ever, you ever heard that southern term? She put her foot in the dessert. Yeah, she did a good job. Hey, Josh, want to try this? This is really good stuff. And so come out there and be a part of our cake auction. We are raising money for Speed Delight. Our goal this year, or coming to this year and next year, is $10,000. Well, that's a lot of money. Well, God can give more than that. Praise the Lord, right? And we're going to do all we can to raise money for Speed of Light. As a former missionary myself, we've been blessed by Speed of Light. We've got a, a, a brother here that's been a missionary for longer than I have, before I was even born, David Stewart uh, uh, Sr. Give a hand clap to him. He's been a missionary. In the same great country of India, he speaks uh, uh, Southern Indian, Tamil, uh, Tamil, we speak Hindi. So, namaste, you know, we speak that. You might understand what I'm saying, though, because Hindi is the natural language all over India. They try to make it one language, but as you know, India has a lot of languages and a lot of dialects. So, but I, I don't know Tamil. I don't know Tamil. I don't know. I know a couple. I'm, I don't know, but we'll, we'll figure that out. <laughs> but I want to talk about a time that I was left out. I remember being left out. We were at a it was a part of a section I was a part of. We recently transitioned our church um, where I was at prior to coming here, and uh, we decided to go to a different area because we want to focus our attention in a, new, in a new area, an area that was more where our church was at, and we wanted to connect with the lead pastors there of those churches in that section. And I remember not being invited to the Christmas party. And I remember how I felt. I was like thinking, man, those desserts, I'm missing out on those desserts. I love anything with chocolate and peppermint. Man, you get me a York peppermint patty, you're my best friend for the rest of our lives because I love peppermint and chocolate. How many people say amen with me? Peppermint and chocolate go together like Adidas with three stripes. It's phenomenal. It's great stuff. We love it. And um, so I think I was so upset that I didn't get to have any of the dessert. I was so upset that I didn't get to hear the important things that was mentioned in his Christmas party. I felt left out. I felt left out. 
Not because I wanted to actually hear what they had to say. I just wanted to eat the food they had. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because for me, free food tastes so much more better than me having to pay for it. Praise, you know? Hallelujah, right? It's good. I mean, free food, it just tastes better, Josh. It's just it's really good stuff. But when I have to pay for it, I'm like, oh, it's not so good. But hey, so I missed out on that. I felt left out. I felt like, man, they didn't care about me. What's going on? And we all have moments where we feel excluded, right? Every single one of us. And we all notice when someone else is being excluded, right? We notice that. Sometimes we point them out. Did you know you forgot to so-and-so? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, we all felt that way before. Maybe you're the person who often feels overlooked and left out. You're like, man, all these people get recognition, but I don't get any recognition. Nobody cares about me. Or maybe sometimes you like excluding certain people because it makes you feel better about yourself. Ooh. Or maybe you left someone out before, not because you want to be mean, but because you felt shy, were uncertain of how they respond to your invitation, or knew someone else in your group of friends who didn't want them to be there. So whatever you may, whatever, whether you're in my friend group or not, I'm inviting you to come to our cake auction because I don't want anybody to feel left out. So you're all invited to our cake auction. And I might even share some of the stuff that I have here with you, all right? So be a part of that. Tonight we're going to be talking about an important message that Jesus invites us to pass on to others. But as we do think about these things, here's a couple of questions I want to ask. What do you have a hard time including in your circle of friends? Who do you have a hard time including in your circle of friends? You don't have to answer that. Just think about that. Have you ever left anyone out because you had a disagreement with them? And how might people sometimes feel excluded by followers of Jesus? Those are good questions, right, to ask. I think it's good for all of us to ask those questions, especially when it comes to the unreached. How might they be excluded, especially from followers of Jesus? And you might think feeling left out or excluded is something only young people have to deal with. But here's the truth. We all have the tendency to feel left out, and we leave others out, and sometimes intentionally and sometimes not. Even the earliest, earliest followers of Jesus struggle with this. But Jesus gave all of his followers a challenge to share the good news with everybody. To be an unconventional generation with an unconventional speech that transformed a world that only wants us to speak about racial issues, sexual preference, political differences, religious debates, and while those, everyone is arguing about those things, we need to talk about the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? And I believe that we, as the church, capital C Church, do a little bit more speaking positive and encouraging and speaking the words of truth, then our world would be in a different place than it is right now. But look around you, there's so much tension in our world, all over the place, and so much division. They're trying to cause a, another world war because of all this drama, and all we got to do is continue to teach the truth in love. Amen? Amen? Sometimes the truth hurts, though. It hurts, right? Oh, don't tell me the truth. Tell me what I want to hear. I want to go to this church because they tell me what I want to hear. And you might be able to pack out a church like that, but if you're not bringing, giving truth, you're not learning the truth, guess what? Your faith is going to be shallow, and when the storm comes by, you're going to be lifted up and drifted into the, to the storm because you don't have deep roots in the Word of God. Amen. So it's important for us to speak the truth in love. Amen? We have to do that. The good news is that Jesus came to rescue us from the sin and death and gives us new life in him. Praise the Lord. Man, I got a story to tell. Don't you think that's going to make you excited? What Jesus did in my life, right? Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done, right? 
What did he do? He healed my body. He touched my soul. He saved me. How, how did it go? He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. How could we be silent about that? Well, my goodness. I think about the woman that was caught in adultery, and I'll mention her a little bit, where he said, you know, she loves me because she's been forgiven of many sins that she has had in her life. And for those who are forgiven much, what? They love much. Amen. Praise God. That good news is worth spreading. That's why Jesus told us to share it everywhere, all over the world, because Jesus loves and grace has always been for everyone. He wants everyone to be included, not just our circle of friends, not just those who identify more, we identify more racially, not just those who sing hymns only or only wear skinny jeans and jean jackets. He wants all of us to mingle together and speak love to everyone to be included in our family. Now, I had a great childhood growing up in a, in a traditional uh, Pentecostal church or AG church in Tarpon Springs, Florida. When I moved from New York, I moved to Tarpon Springs. And there was a song that we used to sing all the time after the worship song. We used to go around, and the song went, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I stick to preaching. I don't sing, okay? And so... We went around and we shook each other's hands because we wanted everybody to feel like a part of the family of God, you know? And it was a church that everybody was welcome to be a part of the church. We made it intentional about being welcome. We were the only Puerto Rican family in the whole entire church, but hey, we felt at home. Praise the Lord. Why? Because they were intentional about welcoming us, embracing us, and loving us, and that's the way the church should be today, amen? amen. People, but when people first started following Jesus, this message got a little lost. Tonight I want to introduce you to the Apostle Peter. There's the Apostle Peter. And this is obviously from the Chosen series, right? Now we know the story of Peter. And some of us can identify with Peter. I can identify with him a lot. <laughs> and some people view him as the leader of Jesus' inner circle, Jesus' closest friends and followers. Peter was the first disciple to truly recognize and say out loud who Jesus was. We know that Peter was not ashamed to say how it was and say it when he knew it was true. Amen? He was one of the first disciples to discover that Jesus had risen from the dead. He was one of the most important leaders of the early church. Once when he preached, thousands of people came to Jesus for the first time. Peter had an unconventional speech, but sometimes that kind of speech, the kind of speech that got him in trouble. He often put his foot in his mouth. You ever been around people like that? <laughs> you love them, but sometimes, man, I'll tell you what. He didn't always get it right, but there were times Peter got a little bit confused about Jesus' good news. Instead of sharing it with everyone, he mostly just shared it with people who were like him, Jewish, and that's until God called him out. Yeah. And here's how the, the, the author of the book of Acts, Luke, how he describes it. In Acts chapter 10, 9 to 23, I'm going to give you a background of the, script, the, 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 the message, and then we're going to go into the scripture after that. But as you know that Peter was up there being spiritual, he was on the rooftop and he was praying, you know, and he must have been praying, hallelujah, singing worship songs, Holy Spirit, come and welcome here. And all of a sudden he had this, he fell into this trance and he seen this large sheet come down, but down right in front of him and he hears the words, kill and eat. But on the sheet, there was like birds, there was all kinds of different reptiles and he kept on arguing and saying, well, I never had food like that, so I'm not going to do it. No. Come again. And, and then the Lord says, don't declare what's unclean, what's clean, what I say is clean, don't declare it as unclean. And he gets into this like debate with God. 
How many people have done that before, right? But God, but, but, but God, but God. But God. And so the vision comes again. Kill and eat. Doesn't want to do it. Third time, kill and eat. And he doesn't want to do it. And finally, there's a knock on the door. And they say, we are here to see Simon Peter. They're cooking up lunch. Peter hears them. He comes down from the rooftop. And he says, I'm the one that you're looking for. So what happened? They spend the night with Peter. And I can imagine Peter sitting there just telling them about his experience walking with Jesus. How cool would it have been to be talking to Peter, the one who walked closely with Jesus, amen? One of the ones that were part of his inner circle, one that was very close to him. They sitting there talking to him. And the next day, he goes to Cornelius, who is not a Jew, by the way, and ministers to them. And here's what it says in verse 24. They arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and, he call, and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, stand up. I'm a human being just like you. So they talked together and went inside and where many others were assembled. Where many others were assembled. Peter told them, you know, it is against our law for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as possible as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. Cornelius replied, four days ago, I was praying in my house about the same time, three o'clock in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. Here's the thing. Peter was praying. Cornelius was praying at the same time. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Amen? Here you got a guy like Peter who was not willing to go minister to the Gentiles, and yet the Lord speaks to Cornelius, and Cornelius was praying at the same time, and then they go over there, go after him, and God has got a hold of Peter, got his attention, and here's what he's going to say. Hold, he said, he told, here's what Cornelius said. He told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your gift to the poor has been noticed by God. Your gift to the poor has been noticed by God. The things you're doing behind the scene, God's seeing that. The Bible point that out. He was a man of God. He was doing more than just talking. He was doing something. He was taking a step. He was serving people. He was, and he said, it's noticed by God. Now send messages to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying in the home of Simon a Tanner, who lives near the seashore. So I sent for you at once, and it was good for you to come. Now we all are here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Then Peter replied, I have seen very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. A guy who was unwilling to go the opposite direction. It was almost like Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh, right? And here he is. He said, I'm only comfortable with my own people, the Jews. I'm not going to the Gentile. And yet the Lord's speaking to a Gentile and a Jew at the same time. The Holy Spirit brings them together. Thank God that even though we could be stubborn sometimes, the Lord will bring people to us and grab our attention. And let me tell you something. When the Lord says to do something, we do it. Because he wants to use us. Amen? Now, it might sound weird about a sheet and animals falling out of the sky, but here's the point. God told Peter in a dream that the good news of Jesus wasn't simply for Jewish people. It was for all people. All people. Thank God, right? We serve a God who's for all of us. Amen? Because many of us in here, we are not Jews. A lot of us are Gentiles. And we thank the Lord that he was obedient, the, the disciples were obedient to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise God for that. 
because he's for all people. And here's where the unconventional speech comes in for us. The good news is not just for those who look like us or for those who have the same beliefs as us. That is why I love missionaries because they are willing to follow the call of God outside of their circle and go to another country to learn their language, culture, and way of life. It was not easy for me to leave my family behind. I'm Puerto Rican, so we are very close together. My parents were actually at my house yesterday, and there was times they would tell me, why are you going to go to India? You must be crazy. Well, Mom, I'm okay, and Mama wants to take care of her baby. And so it had to be a conversation, Mom, I'm going to be all right. Well, what if you die out there when I go home to be with the Lord? And so it was difficult for me to walk away from a tight-knit family to go to another country to learn a language I had no idea what, what they were saying, to be in a culture that was I had nothing, un, no understanding of it because because I, I grew up in the United States, to go there and to step out and be a part of a nation of 1.2 billion people and less than 1% are Christians. Wow. Going out of our comfort zone. And I don't say that to pat me on the back. I say, I say this. Maybe some of you felt that call to do that. Respond with obedience and let God use you. Let God use you. It was difficult. I'll tell you why. India was the hardest place I ever lived in my life. I lived, and I grew up in the Bronx, New York. I was born in the Bronx, New York. Rough Bronx, boogie down Bronx, what they want to call it, okay? And it was, in, it was harder than New York. It was 10 times more packed in New Delhi than it was in the Bronx, New York, New York City. It was tough. It was challenging. But we went. We went, and God did amazing things there. <laughs> There's a story of a young lady who grew up shy and never wanted to work with children. This young lady came from a broken home. She watched her mom live by faith because she couldn't afford to raise her and her brother. And despite her background, God called her. At, time, at the time, she didn't know where she needed to go. She was wrestling with that. She just had a burden for the lost. After a phone conversation with a well-known missionary, this young lady ended up in El Salvador. It was there she learned Spanish, worked with children, did a radio program, and helped create a children's discipleship program called Castle Club. This young lady not only served in El Salvador for seven years, she also served in India for 12 years, eight of those 12 years as a single missionary. And as you know, this young lady is my lovely wife, Pastor Marie. Praise God for that. Broken home. She said it. Her parents were divorced. She, her mom couldn't afford to raise them. She had to work multiple jobs. And she said, who am I? Who am I? Someone of my background, she grew up in Tampa, right by Bush Gardens. If you've ever been by Bush Gardens, that's a rough area. They call that place Suitcase City because people are moving all the time. They never stay put because they're going from one place to the other. And she comes from a rough background. And she thought to herself, who am I that God would send me to be a missionary? But she responded in obedience. And she didn't even want to work with children. But she did. She stepped out. She went to El Salvador, worked with Don Triplett, one of the most well-known missionaries in our Assemblies of God movement then ended up in India and you know God has used her to minister to children and man what a gift that she has to minister to children and praise God that she does it so well because I don't but praise the Lord I married somebody who does amen <laughs> praise God for that so she was obedient she trusted the Lord and God did something with that a shy person he could use anybody amen here's the thing Jesus is not only the God of the western world he's the God of the whole world that's one you should tweet 
Jesus is not only the God of the Western world, he's the God of the whole world, amen? Peter grew up Jewish, just like Jesus did. If you were Jewish, there were a lot of Jewish laws you were supposed to follow in order to be pure or clean before God. And a lot of those laws had to do with food. Jewish people didn't eat certain foods out of respect for God, but non-Jewish people called Gentiles did eat those foods and saw nothing wrong with it. But this made things difficult when Jewish and non-Jewish people tried to hang out. Dinners were tense. So Jewish Christians like Peter simply didn't eat with non-Jews. Can you imagine how their potlucks were? You know? I want to eat kosher. Well, I don't eat kosher. I want meat. You know? Jonathan, you and I got something in common. We like, to, we like meat. He cooks it, I eat it. Praise God. You know? We, we got that in common. But imagine that. It was difficult because they have a differences in, in the way they eat food. But as God showed Peter, the Jewish followers of Jesus were excluding a whole group of people who were important to God. And here's the thing, what missionaries love to do, well, sometimes it's difficult. We'll eat the food that's given to us. Right, Brother David? We'll eat the food that's given to us. I'll tell you what, me and spicy food do not get along. Okay? We have this interesting relationship. And there was times I had to go to remote villages in Delhi and other places in India, and they served some spicy food. And guess what? I paid a price the next day. But I wouldn't refuse it because I wanted to mingle with the people there and wanted to show the love of God to them and say, you know what? You are important just as, as, as you make me feel important. And their, their culture, they make you feel like you're the greatest thing. You have the special seat in the table. They want to honor you. They want to love on you. And at times, just like Peter, where they try to bow down and worship him, there's people that try to touch your feet and stuff like that. And you're like, I'm just a man just like you. And some people love that attention, but I was like, nah, no way. I'm a man just like you. Had to eat the food and I paid the price. To discover probiotics, praise God. Hallelujah, can I get an amen? And probiotics got me through my time in India because it was very spicy food. But we did what we did to show them that we loved. They were important to God. Amen? They were important to God. God didn't tell Peter he was wrong for wanting to respect God with his religious practices. Instead, God was letting Peter know that people hearing the good news of Jesus was more important than Peter's religious customs. Yeah. Hear that. <laughs> More important. Wanting to do church in traditional ways is not necessarily wrong, but doing what we've always done rather than engage an unconventional generation is making very little impact. The gospel does not change, but the method of sharing the gospel has to. What we've done in the 80s and 90s is not very effective today. And here's why I say this. Researchers suggest that Generation Z which is, are those who are born between 1997 and 2012, is the least religious generation the world has ever seen. In 2016, Barner surveyed Gen Z in the U.S. and found that more than half, 58%, were Christians at one time. Young people are not necessarily switching from Christianity to other belief systems. Rather, teens are more likely to say they have no faith those who identify as atheist, agnostic, or neither is the category that has grown the most according to One's Hope 2020 research to 39%. They say that Gen Z is the U in the U.S. is twice as likely to identify as atheist compared to adults. And yet, there's a lot of parents that don't think that church is important for their kids. We're not doing our kids any favors but not bringing them to church. Here's what's going to happen when they go into the, the universities. They're going to be indoctrinated by the agenda that's there. And if we're not bringing our kids to church in children's church or youth ministry and getting them filled with the word of God, 
They're going into a world unprepared. So we're not doing any, any, them any justice by keeping them at home. We should be bringing our children to church. Amen? It's time for an unconventional generation. Marie was just at a school where she had a teacher teach on the Big Bang Theory of creation, which tells the kids that the first people came from volcanoes and were bacteria. Before the teacher read the story, she asked the kids what, not who, were the first people. She said what were the first people. Only one girl said the truth. She raised her hand and said Adam and Eve. The teacher later told all the kids there are different stories of how life began. That's the world we live in today. We need an unconventional generation. Wow. It's important that our children are here hearing the word of God. Amen? Because they're going out there into places and they're hearing all kinds of stuff and their head is just spinning because they don't even know what truth is anymore. And we have the truth. And we know the truth. And the Bible says what? The truth shall set you free. Amen? This shouldn't surprise us, though. Jesus made it a habit to include unexpected people all the time. And so in doing that, we need to include unexpected people. Instead of hanging out with religious people, powerful people, wealthy people, Jesus chose to focus his time on sick people, poor people, marginalized people, and sinful people. Here's what the Bible says in Luke chapter 7, 36, 36 to 50. I'm going to read as quick as possible. It says this, One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him, so Jesus went to him and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from the, that city heard it, he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. He tear, her tears fell on, fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she, sat, she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume, perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, that he said to himself, Is this man were a prophet? If this man was a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts, Simon. He said to the Pharisees, have I, have, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. This is an example of saying something in love. Here we go. Then Jesus told him a story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one, 50 pieces of silver to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled a larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to a woman and said to Simon, Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust off my feet, but she washed them with her, her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven, so, has her, so she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go and peace. This woman didn't have a great reputation in her community. Yet she recognized who Jesus was and wanted to honor him with what she had, her hair and some expensive perfume. She gave him everything she had because she loved him because she was forgiven for so much. The religious men in the room couldn't believe that Jesus would forgive the sins of a woman like her. They, took, they looked down on her for her reputation, her sins, and her act of worship to Jesus. They missed the point. 
That although she didn't feel worthy, she recognized Jesus was worth what she had and so much more. Jesus included her despite the arrogant religious leaders of the day. Over and over again, the religious leaders of Jesus' day had to to be reminded that God's love and forgiveness is meant for everyone, even people that might not expect it. Amen? How many people have been forgiven for so many things? Praise the Lord. I have been forgiven. I've been redeemed. I've been set free. And I'm celebrating that tonight because of what Jesus has done. And if that's you, I want you to give a shout of praise to the one and only King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Praise the Lord. How much he loves us. Wow. (laughs) Praise God. And I don't mean to make Peter or the religious leaders sound like the enemy. The truth is, we're a lot like them. Whether it's it's someone's culture or background, religious practices, bad reputation or past mistakes, we all tend to make judgments and exclude people. We think we could choose who we should belong based on our opinions and preferences, but Jesus shows us anyone from any background is welcome at the table. Jesus didn't tell us to, do, to pass on the good news to people we like or are just like us. He asked us instead to pass the good news to the unexpected people. We have to welcome them to our table. Jesus' good news of love, forgiveness, salvation, and new life includes everyone because he wants everyone to know him. Everyone's invited. A lot of, of Jesus' followers will say they believe that's true, but like Peter, we sometimes start to put rules in place, or like the religious leaders decide some people are exceptions to that everyone's invited rule. But like God reminded Peter, knowing Jesus is less about following lots of little rules and more about focusing on the things that really matter. There's no need to try to work for Jesus to love you. He already does. In fact, before you were born, God already loved you. We don't have to work our way. Right? Some people say, well, I'm gonna, I gotta work, 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 work to have Jesus love me because the more I do for Jesus, the more he loves me. No, he loves you. He loves you before you were even born. Amen? And like Jesus reminded the religious leaders, you don't need to have everything together in order to come to God. Jesus loves you exactly as you are, no matter your reputation, past mistakes, or current struggles, you are invited to know him and be near him. Praise the Lord. Wow. So the question is, when have you felt included? Being included by the God of the universe is a pretty big deal, but it can be hard to grasp. It might help to first think about the times when you felt included by ordinary people. We probably all know firsthand how it feels to be left out, but you might also know how it feels to be included. Whether it was at the moment when you felt friendless or overlooked or judged or not liked, think about a time when someone made you feel welcome and loved. When you have you felt, felt included? We know how powerful it is when someone chooses to include us, but why do we fail to give the same kindness to others when they're not being included? I think we all agree that being included can make the difference in our mood, how we feel about ourselves, how we view the world, and maybe even how we view God. It can be hard to believe that Jesus wants to include you when it seems like Jesus' followers don't want to include you. I'll say that again. It can be hard to believe that Jesus wants to include you when it seems like Jesus' followers do not want to include you. That's why Jesus challenged to include everyone matters. Amen? Everyone. Everyone. 
This doesn't mean that you have to include everyone all the time. It does mean you have to have. It, it, it doesn't mean you can't have boundaries or a small group of close friends. It just means you have the opportunity to look outside your immediate circle and be aware of the people who are hurting because they've been left out, including others who have been included. Excluded is something everyone can do. But if you know Jesus, you have the opportunity to not only be a friend, but to help someone discover who Jesus is at the same time. So who might some of those people be? Are they people who are looking for a friend, easy to judge because of their reputational mistakes, hard to like, hard to understand, come from a different background, cultural situation than you? There's people all around us that can be included. Amen? And God's called us to include them. So I'm going to encourage you tonight. I'm going to end with this. There's a pledge form right in front of you. It should say Speed the Light on it. And if you don't have a pledge form in front of you, then you can grab one of these little envelopes here, these blue envelopes, and in there it says Speed the Light. And I'm going to encourage you to pray about an offering that you want to give towards Speed of Light. And I'm going to encourage you to think about a missionary who might need a vehicle because they have to go to the excluded, the unreached, because they don't have a vehicle to reach them. And if God puts someone in your heart to do that, please include a pledge for Speed of Light. So I'm going to ask you this. First thing, write your amount or the name of a missionary God is bringing to your mind to pray for. Whether you give, you, you know, you could give so much more by praying for them. And if there's a missionary that pops into your mind right now, I'm going to ask you to pray for them at this very moment. But if the Lord's moving your heart to say, I'm going to give towards Speed of Life, not only by buying a cake for the auction, but giving an offering, write that amount in that envelope. Second thing, dream about how you might be able to help them like Jesus would. Apart from your pledge, write the name of a friend you'd like to challenge or partner with to include someone who may feel excluded into your circle. This is action steps I'm asking you to do. First, if God puts a mount in your heart to write down an envelope, write it down. Second, if you have a missionary in mind that God puts in your heart to pray for, pray for them. There's been missionaries that have been under attack and, for some, and God put, somebody, put the missionary and a member from a church in the United States and they prayed at that very moment and because of their prayer, they were actually rescued at that very moment. So God could be using you to help a missionary in another country by praying for them. And third, challenge yourself, a friend of yours, who can we look around to include in our circle? God calls us to share the good news of Jesus with unexpected people, even before, even people who we find difficult to love and accept. But sharing God's love with someone is hard when you don't actually know or like them first. That's why it's good for us to get to know people. Amen? So reach out to someone unexpected this week. It will remind you that God loves everyone, even the people who you find hard to love. I'm going to ask everyone to stand to their feet. This will give us an opportunity to, cha cha to uh, change a chance to share the good news of Jesus through kindness and friendship. And it might even give you a chance to share the good news of Jesus with your words too. If you receive the good news of Jesus, remember, now you can pass it on to others. It is not up to you to decide who's ready or worthy to hear about God's love. It's up to God. You can pass on the good news to unexpected people. I'll say that again. You could pass on the good news to unexpected people.